24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel with NFL insider John McMullen, all presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com. It's Football Thursday. Time for our Thursday updates. We begin to look ahead to the game on Sunday. And, Johnny Mack, I'm going to say it right now as uh, we come into football 24-7. And, of course, we get ready for our Eagles pep rally tonight on Thursday night live uh, from Screwballs. I'm going to say it tonight right now. The Eagles will win on Sunday. Wow. wow. And – and Jalen Hurts will put the weight on his shoulder and will find a way to deliver uh, and help this football team get their first home win of the 2021 season. How's that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a winnable game, as I've been saying for most of the week. I'll hold my prediction for tomorrow. Uh, but, uh, you know, at some point, the odds have to come through. You can't be 0-4, 0-5 at home, you would think. You're going to be a mediocre football team. And this, the Eagles have been able to win some games on the road. So you would think the, the worm is going to turn at Lincoln Financial Field at least a little bit, I, I know that, you know, you think about the dominance at, in, in, at the link in the Doug Peterson era. Obviously, that has not translated to date as we've moved into the transition. It's typically a really difficult place to play, um, and the opponents have been difficult in the first eight games of the season. You know, but San Francisco uh, was first, and then uh, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, obviously the two uh, Super Bowl teams from uh, February. Uh, that's that's a difficult schedule. But you also have to be fair and point out that, you know, if anything, San Francisco's kind of underachieved to this point, so is Kansas City. Tampa Bay's been about as expected. Still a really good football team. Um, the Chargers are are good. They're not great, but they're they're a solid team. And you would think you would need you would have a chance to win this game. The Eagles need to get off the Schneid, so to speak, at home. But I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, the one part I would disagree with with what you said, Joe, is that Jalen Hurts is going to put things on his shoulders. I I don't think that's going to happen. Johnny Mack, um, you know that as we get closer to game week, I always want to feel good about the Eagles' chances. Over the last week coming out of that Lions game, the one thing that has been on the surface uh, that is a check under that column of this team being a beatable football team is the fact that they are horrible against the run. They're worse than Detroit, at least statistically, they are. So that, I imagine, is one of those areas where perhaps if it's not because Jalen Hurts is 
connecting on a big shot down the field. He's going to use his legs. He's going to do something to create that one additional opportunity um, that will give them a chance to get the W coming off of that Detroit win. We're eight in, John. We're eight in. We're going on the other side uh, of the coin. We're going into the second half. I'm hoping things are going to start to click. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, a lot of that, you know, if you if you you know spin it like that, I can believe it a little bit more. If you go back to the the Carolina win, um, Jalen Hurts didn't play well, but he made some big plays uh, down the stretch of the game to help to get the Eagles uh, over the top. Uh, the defense had a great game; they had the block punt, um, and he contributed with a couple big plays in a couple big spots. If that's how you're going to frame it, yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that happening. What I haven't seen, and I don't think we're going to see, unfortunately, is consistent, really good quarterback play for 60 minutes. I just don't think the Eagles have that capability at this point uh, uh, where we are in the development. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to have to sort of win these games ugly uh, and make a play maybe with his legs late in the game, as you said, keep things close. And I do think it'll be a one-score game. So that's certainly a, a, a potential possibility. I know we've talked, Johnny Mack, uh, at length, and I'm sure you have with Jody Mack on Birds 365. I'm sure you did this morning with Jeff, uh, Jeff Kerr on Birds 365. You do it every day. Um, you evaluate the head coach. You evaluate Nick Sirianni. And I'm not – I don't want to ask this question in the context of, hey, Nick wants to win a game. I don't want to ask the, this question in that. How, do you, how are you evaluating Nick in his progression after – first after the first eight games because he's had a lot of ping pongs up and down on the Richter scale as well. Yeah, I think he's shown good leadership. Um, you know, I think the Blower stuff was a perfect example of that. I think it was uh, spun in a negative uh, way outside the building. I think inside the building, I think it was taken much differently. I think you saw the players if anything, want to rally behind their head coach. So I think the intangible stuff has been good. I think you question um, the game planning at certain points. You question the play calling. You question um, the scheme uh, and what they're trying to accomplish. And that's what we've, we've been talking about for a number of weeks now. Uh is it the head coach trying to protect the young quarterback or is it just poor game planning? Um, I think personally it's the head coach trying to protect the quarterback. Other people think differently. Um, we're not really going to know that until we see a different quarterback, to be honest. So, you know, I don't know if we want to see Gardner Minshew. I think it would be um, – I think it would be eye-opening. I think it would answer a lot of questions if we did see him um, as far as 
what the head coach thinks of Jalen Hurts and where we are in that sort of dichotomy of coach versus quarterback. Where's the issue? Um, which side of the fence do you come down on? Uh, you know, a lot of people come down on and saying the coach is doing a disservice to the quarterback. A lot of people say the coach is hamstrung, hamstrung by the quarterback. I don't have the answer to that. I, I believe uh, the coach is being hamstrung by the quarterback, but it's not definitive by any stretch of the imagination. When you, Johnny Mack, when you look at the play sheet, when you look at post game after the game's been played and you analyze and evaluate and start to look at the calls that the head coach is making, a full body of work, what are you seeing? Are you seeing limited limited calls? Are you seeing a much smaller play calling uh, look than maybe what you're accustomed to from a head coach? Um, yeah, I mean, this is a very simplified offense. Um, so, you know, part of that is trying to take advantage, certainly, of what the quarterback does well. Um, and, you know, trying to do what he did at Oklahoma, for instance, and bring that to the professional level. I mean, Nick has admitted he doesn't have a lot of experience with read option stuff in his career. He's been more in a pro style offense with Frank Reich and uh, Indianapolis and dealing with Andrew Luck and Philip Rivers uh, in between the had Jacoby Brissett. Uh, so, and that's where they got a little bit started in that direction. He's talked about Tom Manning in Indianapolis helping him. In that circumstance, he's talked about Brian Johnson here in Philadelphia, helping him bring that college sort of flavor to a pro offense. That's what the Eagles are trying to do a lot of the time. Um, I don't think it's what Nick, Nick Sirianni wants to do. I think he wants to, to run a pro-style offense. He would rather have Phillip Rivers at quarterback uh, he would rather have Andrew Luck at quarterback and be able to do a lot of different things when it comes to uh, processing, when it comes to uh, progressions, uh, when it comes to utilizing uh, all your areas of the field, all the receivers at your disposal. They can't do that right now. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen, team back at work uh, at practice today down in uh, South Philadelphia. Injury updates, Johnny Mack, anything to uh, report out of South Philadelphia, or is it the same old, same old long list of players who didn't practice for various reasons? Is there anyone on that list who may not play on Sunday? Might be a better way to ask the question. Yeah, I think, well, uh, you know, you, you really got some good news in the instance that only one player uh, didn't practice today, and that was J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So it's uh, looking uh, like he's not going to play um, Sunday, but 
that's a guy who's not a big part of the offense to begin with. Uh, everybody else practiced in some form. Um, Fletcher Cox was limited. Jack Driscoll was limited. Uh, Javon Hargrave was limited. Zach McPherson. And uh, the most notable, because he didn't practice yesterday, was Jalen Rager. So he was upgraded. He did some things in practice in a limited fashion. So that was the other player I mentioned yesterday, the two receivers um, were trending in a negative direction. Rager at least getting back to a limited portion of practice. So it looks like he'll have at least uh, a chance to play on Sunday, and we'll have to see how things go Friday. But, you know, when he got carted off, uh, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be out for at least a little while. And uh, it's it's going a little bit positive now. I mean, Jalen hasn't performed that well either. So he did get a little bit involved in Detroit with the manufactured touches early. But wide receiver, sort of a extension of what we just talked about with the coach. You know, what's going on with the wide receiver position? What's going on with Devontae Smith? What's going on with Rager, Quez Watkins, and the lack of production? Is it the receivers? Is it the quarterback? Is it both? We're going to be having these discussions until you get uh, really, really competent and solid quarterback play. John, I don't know if you had your press conference phoner conversation with Brandon Staley. I don't. Does that occur, or is that a Friday thing, or when does that happen? Uh, it's not happening. Um, this year is the first year where it has become voluntary uh, for the opposing coach. Uh, he can decline to talk to the opposition media. It's only happened twice this year. Arthur Smith didn't talk to us in the opener, and Brandon Staley chose not to talk to us this week. Every other coach has talked to us. And who knows why, but uh, Brandon Staley declined an opportunity to talk to the Philadelphia media. Do you know, by the way, is, is Nick Sirianni um, speaking to the media from outside the city? Yeah, certainly. Um, uh, he has at times. I can't say if he has 100% of the time, but uh, for instance, I asked Dave uh, Burkett last week in Detroit if Nick spoke to them, and he did. So he is at least doing it at times, um, and he hasn't said no to everyone, but I can't say 100% uh, because um, I don't know. Uh, sometimes it might be just you don't have time during the week, Um you know, the Thursday night, I'd be willing to bet Nick Sirianni probably didn't talk to um, uh, the Tampa reporters because there's so little time during that week. Uh, but he's at least doing it on occasion. I can say that. I don't want to mislead anybody, John, but I thought that I saw a Twitter post from the Philly Godfather yesterday referencing QB Justin Herbert 
with some sort of a sore wrist or uh, at practice yesterday. Do you know anything about that? Is that something that is out there? What do you know, yeah. if anything? Yeah, he's got a bit of a hand injury, um, and he has been listed. Um, he's going to play. Um, it's one of those things where, obviously, um, you're where you are week nine in the NFL season. You're going to have a lot of, of, of players that are banged up. But, yeah, Justin was on the injury report. Uh, and it is his throwing hand. He was limited uh, Wednesday. The Chargers haven't put out their injury report yet, obviously, uh, as a West Coast team. But, um, it, yeah, he's he's dealing with a bit of a hand injury. Uh, they have a lot of players uh, a little bit banged up. Uh, Austin Eckler, uh, their running back, is dealing with a hip injury. Uh, but he was able to practice fully. Uh, Aloe uh, Gilman, who's an underrated safety, uh, has an ankle injury. He did not practice on Wednesday. Asante Samuel Jr., um, who a lot of people uh, liked because of his father and what he did here, um, and we're hoping the Eagles would draft him, is, is in the concussion protocol. Drew Tranquil, who's uh, a really – fast playmaking linebacker uh, was uh, is practicing, but he's kind of banged up with a chest injury. So they have a lot of injury issues themselves, and Justin Herbert is one of them, but he is expected to play. Johnny Mack, are they coming into the game on Sunday off of back-to-back losses? Uh, yeah, they uh, have kind of hit the skids a little bit. Uh, it was the uh, Baltimore game, uh, which was, you know, the Chargers were kind of flying high and everybody was saying, all right, this this might be a really, really good uh, football team. Um, and then they went into Baltimore uh, and the Ravens are obviously – uh, a pretty significant contender on the AFC side. And they waxed him pretty good. I think the score was 34 to six uh, or something of that nature. Uh, you know, that was the one game where they were kind of blown out. Um, and that was it in Baltimore. And then last week, they had New England, and they lost a very, very close game at home, 27-24. to 24. So they had started 4-1, and one, and, you know, they were coming off a game against Cleveland where they scored 47 points, and people were starting to say, wow, this team, this team could turn into something. Obviously, you've probably seen – uh, how people have taken to Brandon Staley in his press conferences. Um, but they've kind of hit the skids a little bit against, and, and Baltimore was the team that sort of uh, stopped it. And, you know, that interestingly enough, that, that was going into their bye week. So they haven't won for a long time. Uh, 
they lost at Baltimore. They had a bye, and they lost against New England. And now they'll be coming uh, cross country to face the Eagles. Now, you know, the one positive thing when you talk about a West Coast team, the Eagles probably would have liked this to be a one o'clock game, but it's a four o'clock game, and that uh, that helps the Chargers a little bit. I know a lot of the points, a lot of the yards from an Eagles perspective have been chalked up to, I don't want to call it garbage time, but have been chalked up to, you know, fourth quarter scores and, and you know, the opposing team is so far ahead that the game's, you know, already in hand. Uh, what do the numbers, what, what do the numbers tell you, John, despite that context? The Eagles are scoring what per game? offensively after eight games on the year? Well, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, um, if you look at what the Eagles have done to this point, yeah, there's a lot of games where, and we talked about this, um, they they got behind, and, and really, you, you know, Las Vegas, you know, people talk about uh, the Detroit game. So, the Las Vegas game, you know, they lose that game 33 to 22. But remember, they 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 got the early lead. They took the 7-0 lead. And then the Raiders scored 30 consecutive points. And from that standpoint, it was game over. It was over. I mean, and the Raiders started to play differently. Um and there was no sense of urgency, and all of a sudden the final score doesn't look as bad. Same thing happened with Tampa Bay. Final score, you say 28-22, to 22. that doesn't look that bad. I think anybody who saw that game uh, knows it wasn't that close. Same thing with the Chiefs, 42-30. to 30. Um, Eagles were never really in it. Same thing in Dallas. Now, Dallas was a blowout anyway. 41 to 21, um, but it wasn't that close. Uh, so you see, you know, if you want to look at the first eight games, you have the two bookends, with the, which were the two good performances. Atlanta opening day, 32 to 6. Detroit, 44 to 6. You can see both the offense doing some things and the defense playing really, really well. And in between those two bookends, not a lot of good football. You had six games, five losses, and the one game they won, which was Carolina, they probably got outplayed. And they made a couple big plays on defense. They got the block punt, as I mentioned, and they were able to win the football game. So in between the two bookends, it hasn't been great. Well, as Nick Sirianni and all coaches profess, let's be 1-0 this week, right? Let's forget about everything else. Let's turn the page. I'm assuming as you turn the page, you learn whatever you can absorb. Uh, from your previous game 
or your previous wins or losses, you turn the page and you go, you go play another football game. And that's where I am right now, Johnny Mac. I don't care what you say on football 24-7. <laughs> I am leading the charge tonight and through balls into the playoffs. Because I really do believe, Johnny Mac, that if the Eagles can get a win today, or not today, if the Eagles can get a win on Sunday, go out to Denver. They, they're on tank mode already uh, in, in in Denver. And, and get us out on the other side of Thanksgiving where we have a legitimate chance uh, to win and get into the playoffs. I think that's a good thing. So that's what I'm – that's my story. That's what I'm sticking to. There's no reason you shouldn't. I mean, there's seven uh, playoff teams now. It's pretty evident whomever that seventh playoff team is going to be. Right now it's Carolina, who is four and four, one game ahead of the Eagles. But remember, they lost to the Eagles, so they lose a tiebreaker in that situation. Um, so they're not far out of it. Obviously, the first half of this schedule was the far more difficult part of the schedule. And you can make a strong argument that the Los Angeles Chargers uh, this Sunday, November 7th, 4.05, is the, the best team the Eagles have left on their schedule. Um, now, the only one that is obviously better is Dallas. Dallas is, is a really good football team. I know Eagles fans don't want to hear that, uh, but they are a really good football team. But they play the Eagles week 18, January 9th, the last game of the regular season. By that point, the Cowboys are going to have the NFC East wrapped up, uh, to say the least. And if they're not in the mix for that number one seed, that could be a situation where you see them sitting all their starters and that becomes an easy game for the Eagles. So if that plays out, I got to tell you, yeah, as you mentioned, the Denver Broncos are not a good football team. The New Orleans Saints are a pretty good team, better than people expected, but they lost their quarterback. Now they're talking about Trevor Simeon playing quarterback. That's not good. Then you have the Giants twice. You have the New York Jets. You have the Washington football team twice. Two win teams. The Jets are one of the worst teams in football. There's no reason the Eagles can't beat any of those teams with the exception of Dallas. And Dallas may not have anything to play for in week 18. Oh, my. What a run. It's going to be Johnny Mac. Great stuff here on football 24-7. I'm going to let you go. I'm, that fires me up for our pep rally tonight uh, at Screwballs. It's our countdown to kickoff show uh, every uh, Thursday night, of course. Uh, we're live here across the Jacob Media uh, YouTube channel. We'll have a big house tonight. Big, big house. Uh, big crowd expected as we look ahead uh, to the 405 kickoff. Uh, on Sunday. Johnny Mac, great stuff, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Krause. Appreciate uh, it. We'll see everybody next time. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Go